0: Welcome back, listeners, to Player 2 Has Entered the Podcast. Today we have a special spoiler cast episode,
1: a little extra for you guys. But first, where's
0: my co-host with the co-most?
1: I'm right here, man. It's Derek, a.k.a. Merc, man, getting ready to spoil this game for you guys.
0: That's right. And if you can't already tell by the title, today's spoiler cast is going to be on the recent masterpiece, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Before we get into it, let me just kind of explain. We're going to be basically talking for an hour on just this one game. Major spoilers. We're going to get into our backgrounds as fans of Final Fantasy, our general thoughts. Then we're going to just nitpick this mug to death. And maybe even throw in a few predictions and thoughts about how this thing plays out moving forward. So we'll uh, we'll see where it takes us. Awesome. So let me ask you first... What Final Fantasies have you played? What have you not played? How far have you gotten? Which ones you like? Give me a good idea of you as a Final Fantasy fan.
1: Okay, so my first Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy VIII. I beat it when I was 10, 11 years old. And oh my God, that game was so hard at the end game. So, hmm. eight, was, eight was my first. The first one I got, the first one I beat. I skipped seven and nine and went straight to 10. And, 10 is actually my favorite one. Okay. So be I've beaten that game multiple times. I love it to death. Mm. I never played eleven. What'd you think about ten two? Ten two was I mean like the combat and everything and the costume changes was cool, cute, whatever, but the story was meh I don't well, know. You more. didn't
0: like the story of the girls going around and <laughs> joining, you know, different differing factions about who's gonna lead Spira moving forward while they chase after her her, uh, her I'm not head gonna head. I was I was gonna say that, but I don't want to spoil it too much. Her ex boyfriend, where he might be.
1: <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I liked the uh, costume changes more than I should have as a fifteen year old dude. But I, know, my favorite like was it.
0: the mascots, where they dressed up this different. Uh, like, yeah. like Una got to dress up as a Mughal. I thought that was the cutest thing ever.
1: Didn't one of them dress up as a Toneberry?
0: Yeah, yeah, probably okay. Pain. That's totally her style. Yeah. Pain, uh, Pain is the stand-in yeah. for Lulu. She's definitely the Hot Topic
1: emo character of that group. Mm-hmm. She just came out of nowhere. But uh, moving on. Fine with me. 12. I didn't play 12 when it came out. Yeah. I actually ended up playing it when the recent uh, Zodiac Age version came out for PS4. Mm. And I think I got about 10 or 12 hours into that one and kind of just gave up. It just was not my cup. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't a, wasn't a huge fan. Mm. I am one of the few people who really enjoyed Final Fantasy 13. Mm. And you'll hear all on the internet, people rag on that game, they hate it. But to me, the music was amazing, the battle system was great. People complained about it being too linear, but if you go back and play any Final Fantasy game, you'll see that it is. They are all quite linear to a certain point. Sure. When the world opens up, and as soon as the world opens up, it's great. But I beat the. Final Fantasy 13, Final Fantasy XIII 2 and Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13, which was the worst of the three, but I still uh choked my way through it. That's interesting
0: because I heard a lot of people liked 3 more than they liked the other two. Really? Yeah, I, I heard Lightning Returns was the darling of the bunch, but maybe I heard wrong. I don't
1: know. I don't, I don't know, man. It was uh it's basically 10 2 cuz she just changes her costumes and it's oh. just her. Okay. So she has no party members or or monsters like in 13-2 and the last Final Fantasy game I played was Final Fantasy 15 and I'm severely disappointed I'm sure the Royal Edition is better since they added all the DLC and everything but the base game that we got in 2016 was just an unfinished mess so yeah Final Fantasy 10 is my favorite out of the bunch so far oh yeah sorry (laughs) I went back and beat Final Fantasy 7 around mm-hmm. 18 I think I was because everybody talked about how great it was how amazing I already knew all the spoilers about it about Aerith and you know Sephiroth yeah that'd been about like... 10
0: years since it came out right
1: right okay so actually yeah yeah about 10 years yeah so and you uh, waited another 10 years to play the remake <laughs> right <laughs> but I enjoyed it I really did the original game had so much character uh um, right. it wasn't as amazing as I had heard but I mean, this is me going back from Final Fantasy X to Play 7. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, storytelling had evolved since then, and mm-hmm. the character models and the battle systems and all that. But all in all, Final Fantasy 7 Original is a really good game.
0: And the fact it's that just- you got through it means something, especially right. if you did play it 10 years after its time. The more, I feel like, the more impactful and the more formative, culturally formative, A piece of media like a video game can be the more other games after it derive from it and the longer you are away from its original heyday and have maybe experienced it in other forms like its derivative works then when you go back to it of course it's not going to be as impactful for me that was bioshock i played bioshock way after the fact i think it would have been a lot more impactful had i played it when it first came out oh yeah because i played it and i was like yeah and then I, I just right. I, I beat it and forgot about it. Uh, would it's you kindly? Honor. I didn't care. <laughs> right. A, a man chooses. <laughs> um, a slave obeys.
1: His own brow.
0: Yeah. I didn't care. <laughs> did,
1: didn't care. Didn't affect Dude, that me. was The most mind blowing twist. <laughs> and I I was
0: yeah. just like, oh, is that it? And <laughs> like it's just. I think it, I don't know if enough other games did the same thing or if I just wasn't feeling it at the time. No, I mean. Let me stop here. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's a great game. And I understand why people like it so much. It's just, I didn't play it at the right time, I think. It didn't didn't hit the notes for me. It wasn't exactly spoiled for me, but I knew there was a big twist. So I was kind of expecting a twist of some sort. Right. And I've played enough games where you, the protagonist, end up being something you're not in the same, in a similar vein as how the twist played out. To where I was like, oh, it's one of those. You know what I mean? So to me, it felt a little derivative of other works before it, kind of, so. Right. Who knows? Okay, so yeah, um, before I kind of really jump into it, so you went back and played seven. Anything else?
1: No, I think that's about it. I didn't really get into any of the side Final Fantasy games, Hmm. except for Dissidia and the sequel on PSP. Crisis Core. Oh, 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 Crisis
0: Core. Did you play Crisis Core? Yeah, we're going to talk about Crisis Core. I'm sure that'll come up.
1: I'm sure that'll come. But uh, out. <laughs> oh yeah, and World of Final Fantasy on PS4. Oh okay. The okay. little chibi. Is that any good? Version. I never played that. Is it that any good? It's pretty good. Okay. I was I was pleasantly surprised.
0: Okay. Okay. Final Fantasy VIII was also my first Final Fantasy. Interestingly enough, I had never played a Final Fantasy prior to that. I I hadn't been really big into RPGs until I got my Sega Genesis and I got Fantasy Star Two. I didn't like it at first. I was like, you can't control the characters. This seems dumb. And it wasn't until later on that my brain kind of clicked with entering orders and watching the commands play out and the benefit of that type of gameplay. Mm -hmm. And my sister, I remember she was at L.S. Airs. Remember that store? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Remember
1: that thing that used to exist? I live across the street from an old L.S. Airs.
0: Yeah. Lots of lots of fun stuff going on in that abandoned building, I'm sure. Boy, yeah. So she she was at an LS Air sidewalk sale, and she knew I had a PlayStation. It was back when I was in high school. It was you know probably close to when it came out. maybe about six months after this game came out, and I was around sixteen or seventeen, I think. And she, it was fifteen bucks. Like it had shot down, or it was maybe they were just because they were already going out of business at the time. But she bought it, came home, tried it out, didn't like it. I picked it up, just took to it immediately the the school days aesthetic the whole gf or guardian force thing i was into it Mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't like it because a it followed final fantasy 7 and that was such a major release and b it did away with a lot of conventions like mp and it had that weird stock system that wasted your time if you didn't know how to work around it yeah if you don't know how to work around the draw system it can be a bit of a well it can be a bit of a draw (laughs) (laughs) so but i that for me that minute was if i start with the black sheep it's and i liked it it's it's up from there right Yep. So from there, I, I played Final Fantasy IX next. Final Fantasy IX ended up being not only my favorite Final Fantasy, but it, it ended up being my favorite game of all time for quite a few years after that until it was unseated by Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Seven played that, really got into it. Now, the trio, seven, eight, and 9 I've probably beat each of those games at least 10 to 15 times. Mm. I, I got in a mode where I just played them over and over and over, and I wanted to min-max characters, I wanted to get to the secrets, I wanted to, like, I, I got went so far as to max out all the stats using, like, the uh, stat drops that you could get in Final Fantasy VII for mm. Cloud Barrett and Tifa. I had a perfect Cloud Barrett-Tifa team. I set up, like, the materia you needed to fight the, their weapons because they were so tough, all of that. Nope. Hugely anticipating 10. I'm talking back when the internet was shit and I was just following every little <laughs> every little snippet of news I could that came out, uh, you know, spending hours loading up flash sites for like a new... This is the haste animation. Okay. Wondering <laughs> how many discs the game is going to come on, not understanding the storage capacity of a DVD versus a
1: CD. <laughs> right. Remember uh, GameTrailers.com? I do. Oh my god. I used to be on that in the library in high school all the time bro i love their
0: retrospectives they had a final fantasy retrospective that was better than the retrospective that final fantasy 12 came with if you got the special edition like game trailers did really good retrospectives and i think maybe some of them are archived on youtube i think i've seen a couple again may not hold up as well today but back in the day when you didn't have a ton of different outlets covering video games game trailers is where it was at you know Mm -hmm. they, they really dropped the ball too i think if they had kept up they could still be one of the major players, but you know, if you want to see a lot of the old people from game trailers, you can go to Easy Allies. Oh, really? Yeah, and you can see yeah, them I've there seen their stuff. So ten came out, blew me away. I loved it too. Uh, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy, but I would say it's probably in the top three. Okay. I didn't get a chance to play eleven. My issue with eleven and eventually with fourteen is just I I don't do online RPGs MMOs. Yeah. it's not because i don't think that they're good they're probably amazing one back then when i was gaming especially i was poor and i didn't have enough money for like a recurrent subscription i bought mm-hmm. most of my games on a budget and mm-hmm. uh if i got a 60 dollar or back then like a 50 dollar game it was a big deal and i i usually had saved up for a long time i wasn't buying multiple games a year anything like that and and nowadays it's just a time thing now you know i got i got a family and i kind of pre- prefer gaming alone That i don't really have like a, a schedule even though i do now with the with streaming and everything right and the last thing that makes me afraid of playing a ma- uh an, an online multiplayer game like an rpg is that i would like it too much and it would take over everything else yeah i have that type That's of personality where i get into a game like that and then i can't stop playing it so i've i've been hands off i haven't tried warcraft none of that
1: oh yeah me either
0: But yeah, I I like 13 okay. I remember 13 very well, vividly, because I actually played that when I was, my wife and I, 10 years ago, when I had proposed to my wife, it came out that summer. Mm -hmm. And a month before we got married, she was uh, studying abroad in Mexico. And so I remember playing that game and feeling really lonely because she wasn't in town. So it was just me and Final Fantasy 13. That was my girlfriend for a month (laughs) until she got back. And it was, I was into it. Like it was cool. I, I like you. I didn't understand the hate for it, but at the same time, I get people had certain expectations, especially with the openness of twelve. Like if you had actually played twelve in its hey, and then went to thirteen, even though 10's kind of like a hallway because people make jokes about how 13's just a hallway, you can't go left yeah, or right.
1: Ten is a straight up hallway. Yeah,
0: people love that game. Right. But I, I will say this about thirteen: I didn't like how the battle system was incrementally rolled out over several, several, several hours of gameplay, and yeah. it seemed streamlined to the point where there weren't any side quests. Mm-hmm. Also, it didn't help that I, I, the characters, I wasn't really into any of them, to be honest. Like, I didn't think any of them were that interesting or likable. I didn't really care for the story, and that was... Not the first time, because 12 would probably take that cake. Um, Yeah. It was one of the first times. And I attribute that... uh, Episode 3 of the podcast, we talked about how Hironobu Sakaguchi left Square when um, the Final Fantasy movie didn't do so well. I truly believe that Nobuo Matsu's music, alongside his producer oversight and his storytelling, even if he didn't tell the main story every single time, I feel like that that was the key to Final Fantasy's success. And the difference between 10 and 12 is that 12 had really good gameplay. Like, I actually really enjoyed 12, and I liked the whole, on you know, the, the online multiplayer. Again, they, mm-hmm. they mimicked the gameplay, not the actual... It wasn't online. I was into that. I was into the gambits. I was like, this is cool. I was into monster hunting and a very robust monster hunting side quest. Like, it was just, like, a huge list of boss battles, and you really had to figure out how, the, how these monsters worked. But the story and the characters, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand Arbonne it. Is- Bond's the worst, yeah. and and the rest of the characters aren't really that great either. Like I I like Fran, but mostly because she's just hot. <laughs> like, right.
1: <laughs> I'll be real.
0: I'm into bunnies apparently. Right. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and and Balthier, like the pirate that she hung out with, he was you know he's kind of cool, but it yeah, I everything him. was so. Just Knights of the Round, just I- Ivalice, yeah. I Ivalice is a setting, like, Final Fantasy Nine pulled it off because the characters all had charm and quirks. And I know that Final Fantasy Nine is kind of adjacent to Tactics and Twelve, like that Ivalice-style world. Mm-hmm. But the story and Tactics, too, a lot of people like Final Fantasy Tactics. I thought the story put me to sleep. <laughs> so I- anything from that world of Final Fantasy Twelve, Final Fantasy Tactics... Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced, I loved that game because it was more of a fish out of water. You were a person from the real world who got transported to Evil Oh. So there's a bit of a different perspective there. And the game just flowed a little better. Wasn't any of that, like, king and queen politic nonsense. I just, I, I don't care. I don't care. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, Give yeah. A good story. And then 15. Uh... I mm-hmm. wouldn't go so far as to say it was a disappointment, but I feel like it was a missed opportunity. I think that there was a really good story there that had to be stripped down to bare bones, and I really enjoyed the gameplay and the combat, personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that the game we're about to talk about and spoil the shit out of owes a lot to Final Fantasy 15. Yes, I Final think a Fantasy lot, VII Remake yes,
1: is what 15 was supposed been. to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more refined style of the combat that we first saw in Final Fantasy 15. So I, I went back and I beat Final Fantasy 1 and 2 on Game Boy Advance. I tried out 3 on DS, didn't like it. 4, 5, and 6, I've tried to start and finish multiple times, never got through them. I think I just kind of missed my window there. And I know a lot of people love 4 and 6. It's like their favorite. Mm-hmm. Respect. I'm sure they're great and I feel bad that I'm missing out. I keep trying and I just can't quite get there. So it is what it is yeah so that's that is our history with final fantasy now before we get into the specifics of the game overall just tell me Derek, what 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 do you what do you think about the game what you what you feeling with it
1: i think that it's one of the best games of the generation hands down easily top five wow yeah i mean it just it did everything it needed to do the music was spot on the story what they did with it i thought was genius Mm. while also a little derivative, we'll get into that, but yeah, the characters well, were remake. so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when I, we get I to get the it. heavy spoilers, yeah, sure. but uh, the characters were so fleshed out, it just seemed like they reached into the original version of Final Fantasy VII, and they just took those personalities from just the words, and put them in these characters, mm. and just brought them to life, and at that Honestly, the characters are what drive the story for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. plot is fine, but character is what I'm interested in most of the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake to me, well, I'm not gonna give my uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna give my rank or er, rating. I'm not gonna give my rating just yet, but you probably already know what it is by the way I'm
0: talking. But yeah, that's how I feel. I'd say it's pretty <laughs> favorable if it's if it's a game of a generation. Oh yeah, it's a genius. It's going to run for president. I hear.
1: Oh God, I would vote for it three times.
0: <laughs> Let's set that aside. So, um, I I agree with you. I somebody asked me recently what my what my favorite game of 2020 so far was, and it wasn't even a question. I didn't have to think about it too long. Final Fantasy VII remake. I played Animal Crossing this year. I played Persona Five the Royal this year. I finished Death Stranding this year. I'm trying to think of what else I played. Not a, not a ton of games so far. We're still kind of halfway through it. I'm going to start Ghost of Tsushima tomorrow. But yeah, it is a game that has elicited such an emotional response from me that I did not expect. Because Final Fantasy VII is not my favorite Final Fantasy; it's it's probably in the top five. Mm-hmm. But you know, I agree with you. They they somehow nailed the essence or the spirit of the characters, and because I've gotten to know those those characters during my formative years, and you did too, they feel like I'm visit. It feels like I'm visiting old friends,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I actually went back and played up through the Midgar section of the original game after I finished this game and realized that they had put in even more than I thought they did. They match the rose tinted glasses through which you view them through. So like the spirit and what endured in people and what I think they were aiming for, but didn't quite achieve originally, they got through this time. Right. Barrett's Barrett's charismatic and, you know, a little bit boisterous, but he's a good leader. Cloud's a friggin' nerd, but he thinks he's an edgelord you know, right. e- even like fleshing out the non characters of like Jesse Biggs and Wedge. So, yeah, overall, huge fan. Loved it. It was one of those games I love so much. I got a little depressed when I was done with it. And it was just like, I don't know what to play next. Nothing's going to measure up. Right. <laughs> I hadn't felt that since I finished the uh, God of War reboot uh, oh, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. 2018 was, was when God of War reboot came out. Right. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that gave me... I don't know if it was the father and son dynamic, but that elicited a bit of a, an emotional response in me.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you played the original ones, but having played the original ones oh, I made did. that game so much better. Yeah,
0: no I went all through the original ones, which helped when he was telling stories that he framed as fables, but they were really about himself. I thought that was mm-hmm. a nice a nice uh, little way to, to make a nod to the previous games. Still, like I said, I think in episode one... When He went back from the blades of chaos. I wanted to be like, You're right, that's okay, that's okay, that's a nitpick. So, <laughs> speaking of nitpicks, let's get into this. bitch. All so, right. what we liked and disliked, I want to talk about the combat. Okay, okay, we alluded to it with Final Fantasy 15. Now, this is active combat and it's got a lot of components to the system. The thing I like most about the combat, aside from the fact that it's active is that time slows way down when you want to pick a move but you can still allocate like shortcuts if you want to keep it flowing although I kept forgetting to use those yeah <laughs> but then all the a lot of enemies even the basic ones you fight have stagger bars and so you learn about enemies and keep a bestiary that's active and robust and once you learn how to fight enemies and they're so varied too you know that if you pummel an enemy with thunder and roll in with a certain move you can increase their stagger bar and then it's all over Mm-hmm. And that really helps you out in normal mode, but it becomes crucial in hard mode. And we'll get to hard mode in a bit. But I also really like the combat banter. I like the fact that in the beginning, Barrett will say something seeking approval, like, that was pretty good, huh? And Cloud's like, whatever, that sucked. <laughs> and, but then by the end, they kind of reverse their relationship and Cloud's like, hey, you did alright. Barrett's like, whatever, man. you know. And <laughs> and But they, they have that bond now, and you see the respect that, that grows for each of the characters amongst themselves as they get to know each other and as they grow as a team. And that dynamic thrown in with the battle themselves just made everything feel a lot more engaging. I don't know. What would what, you think about combat?
1: Uh, combat was honestly my favorite part of the game. Hell yeah. It, yeah, it never got old to me. Uh, you can thank Final Fantasy 13 for the stagger meter mm-hmm. as much as everybody else. That is one of the best additions to the combat mechanics of these most recent Final Fantasy
0: Hey man, say that for the haters in the back. What was that again?
1: I said that. Thank Final Fantasy 13, Thirteen for the stagger meter. That's right. This is Thirteen X One 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 because it is the best addition to the combat mechanics in a Final Fantasy game in a long time. That's right. But, but uh, yeah, the stagger gauge, awesome. Uh, the materia system is pretty robust for just technically being a third of the original game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a lot of useful materia. And this game kind of doesn't hold your hand, but it makes it easier to figure out what materia to match up with what. Hmm. And it's very descriptive in its descriptions <laughs> of the materia. Those are but it does descriptions take... when
0: they're descriptive, <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does take a little while to get used to it. But yeah, materia, stagger bar. I like how you had different stances as Cloud. Yeah. Uh, Tifa, yeah, Tifa could upgrade her attack. Her triangle attack by charging up with circle, I think.
0: Let's get into that because I think that that was really cool. And and a complaint, a light complaint I had about the original Final Fantasy VII is that the characters felt almost interchangeable. You know, Mm -hmm. like you could just swap a materia set between them and then you can make anybody a healer, anybody a magic dealer or whatever because it was the materia that gave the abilities. Other than like limit breaks, but you hardly ever use those. With Mm -hmm. this one, you're right, you have a more agile counter style stance in, in that cloud could switch to versus like a more defensive slower stance but that had a better dodge and mm. you had with tifa she could use an ability to upgrade her special or extra attack to different styles of attacks that would actually help her she was a stagger bar monster. Oh my god, yes. There is an achievement for getting a stagger bar above 300% that I only got because of her. Because I was able oh, to yeah. loop in her moves like that and do it. But yeah, she so she was integral to that. All her quick hits. And then Barrett, just a big over... just choo, 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 What do they call that ability? I can't remember what it was called. Overcharge?
1: Overcharge. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you could charge it manually or recharge back over time. But just leading off with that or decimating a flying enemy. You know what I mean? Like... Adding that in when you were peppering somebody to increase that stagger bar, that was intense. The only yeah. person's extra ability I didn't really use, because maybe I just didn't understand how to use it properly, was Aerith's. Did you did you use her as much?
1: Which extra ability? Are we talking about...
0: Well, uh, her, her Tempest.
1: Tempest. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't use Tempest too much. I know that it gets the stagger gauge up pretty good, but it you does. have to be near an enemy. But she's a far...
0: Yeah, they made uh, her like, more. They made her more of a. Uh, long, she's a long range fighter. A long, a long so. range fighter like like Barrett. Like she'll toss marbles at people. That's cute. Right. But what I usually used her for was uh, you know like aside from healing or support, is dropping runes to either increase you know like our our gauges faster so we could use special abilities or to double cast. Double casting mm-hmm. was integral in some of the tougher boss fights. So.
1: Yeah, I used a ray of judgment a lot with her. Good it was one just cool. Bar. Yeah, it was yeah. just cool to see her like slowly float up into the air from the force of the beam
0: yeah it was tight i did use fleeting familiar a lot too where she had like a little butterfly help her like do attacks Mm -hmm. i didn't know if it did anything oh and one thing that got me through some of the tougher like secret fights like the end game style content i can't remember the name of the move but she does a move where she puts a shield in front of her that stays there Uh basically any kind of like if you're fighting a Tonberry and he shoots like those instant kill kind of beams at you the shield blocks it completely. Nice. And so that that got me through some, some really, really tough fights in the uh, the VR training chamber thing, which we'll talk about in a bit. All right, anything else on combat before we uh, move to the next thing? Or
1: Yeah, the way you could just switch between characters on the fly was oh, yeah, just perfectly done. And I didn't realize until partway through the game that the way to really get through these battles is to constantly switch characters. Right. Because the character that you're controlling, their ATB bar goes up quicker when you're attacking with them. And AI characters' uh, ATB bar just moves slowly when you're not controlling them. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you do a ability with one character, switch to the next character, get their ATB bar up, do an ability, switch back, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get through those tougher fights.
0: It's also how you stay alive, because a lot of enemy AI seems to go after the person that's being controlled by the player. Yep. Sometimes during really tough fights, I would turtle up as Barrett because he has the steel skin ability. And then if, if he got laid out, or if I felt like another character was ready to fight and take a little bit of abuse, I'd switch to them, do some damage, and then when the intention turned to them, I'd switch back to Barrett and turtle mm-hmm. up again. So yeah, being able to switch very quickly and dynamically between characters, and being able to execute orders with other characters without having to switch with them yeah excellent yeah combat's
1: perfect combat
0: is the only there's one thing i'd change about combat one thing i would change the fact that when you have a melee character like tifa or cloud and there's a character in the air like one of those heli troopers Mm -hmm. you there's no way to dodge in the air and there's no way to really continue a combo if they fly away from you So it becomes like this cat and mouse game of like going up under a character, hitting attack, and then hoping that they understand what you're trying to do. And they jump up in the air to attack and that they are able to finish their combo before the character flies away and hits them with something. That was a
1: little tedious. Yeah, you would have them have, like, a jump. Yeah, like, I mean, all they need is a
0: Kingdom Hearts-style, like, uh, air dodge. Air dash. Because Kingdom Hearts actually kind of, for all its faults, and there are many, uh, it really (laughs) did nail aerial combat. So I think if they added in just a little bit of that, a little bit of momentum for those melee characters in the air, it would have been fine. Yeah. So... One thing that, if we're on the topic of things we didn't like, and there's not a ton, but one thing I, I kind of wish I could do is pull back that camera a little more sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the option to go in the settings and pull your camera back, but I always felt like sometimes it was a little too close in certain areas, and it was detrimental when I was fighting. I wanted to get a a, a large, especially with like a large enemy, I want to get a better view of the battlefield. But again, that's a small nitpick, a tweak, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you're the one that told me I could pull the camera back because I was like, "And man, this camera is really close." Oh
0: yeah, I remember that. No, I mean, that default I saw it, I was like, "I gotta fix this." <laughs>
1: yeah, there's got to be a way. And there's I'm not camera. one to really go into the settings on the game, but mm. uh, no, it's that yeah, bad. I had, I had default
0: camera that. is no bueno. So, I'm hoping that this will be fixed once we solid state drives become a thing. But more than uh, another game we just spoke about, God of War, that had this a little bit stealth loading sequences are everywhere i didn't notice it as much my first time through because i was just kind of you know i was in honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. but the amount of times i had to kind of sidle or squeeze through a small opening like between two boxes or you know around this debris and you had to slow way down and basically it was kind of stealth loading the next section yeah, it it was a ton, and it, it got a little old when I had to do a lot of backtracking in the later part of the game. But mm-hmm. I was you know I was mopping up trophies or playing through on hard mode, considering how good the game looks aside from the JPEGs of the ground when you're up in the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the NPCs. Some of the NPCs, like if you put them right next to Cloud or Tifa, they were ugly. Oh, yeah. I like, some, sometimes I thought they didn't finish loading in. There was an NPC that uh, gives you a quest early on in, in Sector Seven to fight or hunt down like a lesser dragon. Mm-hmm. And she's like complaining at these troops or whatever. in the side of her head, I was like, that's going to load in any time now. It, it never did. <laughs> never did. <laughs> but again, overall, graphically, the game is actually really gorgeous. And I think we talked about it the other day, it's, it's got that Advent Children level of uh, like, oh, wait, I can't wait for a game to look like this. And then it looks better. Right. I'm trying to think of what else, you know, in, in, in regards to combat, there is one more thing I'd probably tweak. I feel like there's too much of an animation or a startup animation to do a block. And I feel like when you dodge it, it's not as immediate and I wish it could cancel animations faster. I feel like there are animations that the dodge won't cancel sometimes, but yeah, I, I found myself taking a lot of hits because I just couldn't anticipate the hit fast enough rather than just react to it on the spot. Right. So again, I think these are things are easy to do and I think it just comes down to the, the way the characters are animated. So Hopefully they get some feedback about that. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Oh, another combat aspect, summoning.
0: Mm. Summons. Yeah, let's get into summons. I love the way that summons were done in this game. Love it. What about you?
1: From what I can remember, did they work on kind of like a timed?
0: Yeah. yeah. The way I noticed it worked, at least most of the time, is if if you got to a stagger bar on an enemy, like if you did actually stagger them, then a summon timer would start. So if you're still battling an enemy for a certain amount of time after you've staggered it, that means it's tough. And by then, your summon will load up. And it depends on who has the summon materia equipped, but everybody has one dedicated summon materia slot. So everybody can... And the cool thing is, is the summon materia, since it's like separate of the uh, weapons or items or whatever, you can always have a summon equipped on a character if you have enough. Mm And it actually increases stats. Like Bahamut, obviously, increases the best or the most. I, that was always on cloud for me.
1: I wouldn't know. I couldn't beat him. <laughs>
0: oh, oh no.
1: Yeah, he's too hard. No, he sucks. He really does.
0: He's one of those characters where I didn't have to constantly switch or use mana wall plus like all. There's a. There's a.
1: I tried all the tricks.
0: Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I tried them all. We'll get into that. We'll get into that later <laughs> then. But yeah, no, this game can get tough. It can kick your butt. I like that the summon material will up you know they'll help with your stats and some you know lean more towards physical and some towards magical so obviously you want to give certain people summons and i liked that it was a special event kind of like final fantasy 15 but i felt like i had more control over when they showed up because mm-hmm. if i knew it was going to be a tough fight my main focus is usually staggering anyways but I, if i know that i'm going to fight something like say it's a ice element you know i'm i'm i got e free ready to go the cool thing is is you use your Atb bar to actually command the summon, but they'll fight on their own so they can right. join you in battle, like a la Final Fantasy 12 yeah. um, or 15, except for you're not standing by while they're doing this huge animation, they're just there on the battlefield with you. Yeah, but you can use up your atb bar to issue commands to have them do certain attacks. I thought that was,
1: yeah, like we keep saying, combat is. Mwah.
0: A plus. It's a masterpiece.
1: (laughs) It's a spicy amitabula.
0: I wish I could have seen more summons, but I kind of get why they held back on that, because they're kind of stretching the game out.
1: Yeah, I mean, and when you think about it, what do we have? We had Ifrit, we had Shiva, Leviathan, Bahamut, Fat Chocobo, Chocobo and Moogle. Chocobo and
0: Moogle I missed my first time through, actually.
1: Was Toneberry a summon?
0: No, Tonberry no. is not a summon. However, I do believe if you pre-ordered or got the special edition, you got Carbuncle. Oh, yeah, Carbuncle. And then there might have been another summon. Maybe Fat
1: Chocobo about? Chick.
0: Fat Chocobo Chick? Okay, fair enough.
1: Yeah, or was it just Chocobo Chick? And I then there was also Chocobo Fat Chocobo. Yeah. yeah. So that's about nine. So that's – like, it? I don't really count the Chocobos, honestly, but, I mean, that's nine summons right there. So, Hold on yeah. a second.
0: Shiva, yep. Ifri, Bahamut, Fat Chocobo, Chocobo and Moogle, that's five. Mm-hmm. If, if you didn't get any extra stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Leviathan.
0: Oh shit, okay, that's six. You're right, I'm sorry. forgot about Leviathan.
1: Ba- yep, Bahamut.
0: Leviathan was, in my opinion, probably the best for like Magic users, by the way, as far as stats are concerned. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was... I, I liked... It, people. I've heard people say that it was seemingly random when summons came in, but I'm pretty sure, and maybe somebody can correct me if, if I'm wrong, I'm sure they will, but <laughs> I, I feel like every time I got a, a stagger bar started, the summon gauge would start. Yeah, I feel like it's that... a lot harder to get a limit break going than anything. Oh,
1: yeah, limit breaks. Oof. I barely got to see any of those.
0: Yeah. Oh, luckily, I got to see a whole lot towards the end game because when you beat a certain secret boss, and we can get into that later, they give you an accessory, and if you wear it, you start with a limit break ready at the beginning of every battle. Nice. Yes. Yeah, really cool. So, but it's it's a tough fight. So you really have to earn that. Uh, <laughs> you, you gotta <laughs> earn that item. I feel like because this is split up story wise, not everybody got much of a character arc, right? And I think that's okay because what they did as a stand in for character arcs seems to be just working as a team. It felt to me like the main arc was Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett just in, in Aerith, just learning getting to know each other becoming friends learning to love, trust each other learning to trust each other and then fighting together and to mm-hmm. a lesser extent Jesse uh wedge and biggs you know here and there yeah and then red 13 even though you didn't get to control him it was kind I of nice to see him towards the end i get it though for him to only be part of the game for a little bit it would make not not make much sense to do that much work you know and right yeah so but at least he got to be in battle with you and, and interact with you that was really neat but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed the story, and I think the fact that they focused on we talked about you know with the combat with like their lines and their intera- exchanges of dialogue, all of all of the character interaction in this really kind of got me into it. It really kind of absorbed me into this world, and that actually reminds me of how the NPC dialogue is delivered. So for mm-hmm. non-playable characters, you know traditionally in RPGs you go up and you talk to everybody and you see a wall of text and you read it. and You'll talk again to see if they have more to say. Sometimes they'll give you items, whatever, whatever. The cool thing they did in this game, and they're probably not the first, but they're, it's a game that's done it probably the best I've ever seen. As you walk, and this, this had me walking really slowly. Like I used I used the, the default walking speed through most areas because mm-hmm. I was just kind of walking through the crowds and listening to people talk. And I found most of what everybody was saying interesting and topical, depending on where we were at in the game. It was really cool. And I didn't have to actually stop and talk to anybody. I was able to just taking the scenery, look around and everything was familiar, of course, because this is a remake and I was getting that nostalgic feeling and I was listening to people talk. I would love it if more games did this, if they just had people having conversations that kind of kicked up when you're in proximity mm-hmm. and and that the and, and enough writing went into them that you actually want to stick around and hear what they had to say, you know. Yeah, I don't know what you think. Did you enjoy the NPC dialogue? Did you ignore it? Did you care?
1: Oh no, I definitely did the same thing as you. I was always just kind of stopping and listening because they're usually talking about events that have happened or are about to happen. Mm. So, like uh, when you first get into Sector Seven, you hear a couple of guys outside of Seventh Heaven talking about how they want to have a drink with Tifa. Because of course you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah Tifa's uh, bad. We're get yeah, bad. Tifa's bad, but uh. Yeah, I I enjoyed the uh, NPC conversations. They really added a lot to the environment and the world. And it makes you feel like you're actually walking in a place where people live instead of, oh, I have to walk up to this person to make them talk and say things.
0: That's the thing about Midgar, isn't it? It felt very lived in. It did. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like this was an actual town that I was entering and people were going about their business, even if some of them were stationary. There people waiting in line for food, talking about, hey, you had these noodles yet? You know, it it, it flowed really well. Now, some people you would approach, you can initiate conversation with and get a little cutscene here or there. So they had some of that traditional, but Mm -hmm. a lot of just the background really kind of filled it in and really sold the world that you're in. And I loved getting to know Midgar in a 3D space and more intimately and just having all those memories kind of flood back. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. But speaking of memories, they nailed the characters so well. I think I told you about this like in my first five hours of playing. I remember there was a point where Tifa was showing Cloud where he was going to be living in Sector 7, like his apartment, and she mm-hmm. pops in to speak with him. I can't remember what she was going to talk to him about, but I just remember she kind of approaches the camera and she's looking at him like she cares about him, like he's an old friend and she wants to talk to him. And my heart just skipped a beat. I felt like I was looking at an old friend myself, like an old flame from high school or something. I was like, oh, oh. they did such a good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I Barrett, miss you. <laughs> I
1: was
0: like, I miss you, Tifa, please come back. Uh, but no, like, it, they just did such a good job with the characters and the nostalgia. I can't even, I can't even, if they did a remake for 9, I would die.
1: Yeah, but, I would feel the same way for 10.
0: Yeah, so... I think we talked about that too. I don't know if Ten is old enough for a remake yet, but if, oh, do it's it like this, if they do it like this, think yeah, you know what? If they do it like this, I'm okay with it. It's just I don't know if it'll have the same effect because it's already you're coming from a 3D space to a 3D space. Mm-hmm. With this one, there was so much left in the imagination, but they nailed that imagination so well on on both times. Yeah, that uh, I mean I think it's like I'm not going to say it's lightning in a bottle. I feel like they could do this again, but I feel like with something that is a little bit more modern, like Final Fantasy X, which translated to an HD version pretty seamlessly. I think that that would be a harder task, right? But who knows, man. I'm I, no, here's hoping made
1: it. Yeah, I'll probably be forty by the time. <laughs> Another ten years by the time but... they announce it, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, He's 60 years old playing Final Fantasy Ten Remake. <laughs>
0: oh my god, back in my day, Great. He used to go ha ha ha. Now he goes hulk. <laughs> 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 that's kingdom hearts
1: You're right now he's goofy
0: sora donald goofy and goofy in that order
1: never so change the word you know word. here's a <laughs> this is a sidetrack real quick one time in kingdom hearts 3 they said the names out of order and i damn near turned the game off
0: when when did they say the damn names out of order
1: There, you know i always say sora donald goofy you i know, think one I time he said i'm i'm goofy this is Sora, and that's Donald. And I was like,
0: what no, there's no the hell? That happened. You remember yeah, that wrong.
1: yeah, nope, I am not. I remember it very well. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell am I playing? Because this is not Kingdom Hearts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's kind of dumb how they introduce themselves the exact same way. Even when people address them, they go, Sora, Donald, Goofy, my friend. So, <laughs> right, I love so it. Dumb. Yeah, so Thirsty Jesse. Want to talk about Thirsty Jesse a little bit? Okay. A lot of theories on Thirsty Jesse. Let me ask you a question though. Do you think Jesse is actually thirsty, or do you think that she's playing a role? Do you think she's actually thirsty, but also fronting? Like, wait, I mean, Wedge tries to warn you in the game. What, what's really going on? Why is she coming on to Cloud so strong?
1: I think that Jesse, if it came down to it, she would chicken out. So I don't he... think she's ready. I don't think she's ready for Cloud.
0: I hmm. oh, want well, Cloud to be but... her.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> or she could just be a complete in the sheet freak, and that'd be okay too.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's just running Sector 7 one dude at a time. She loves it. You know what? That's her (laughs) prerogative. Go ahead, girl.
1: Right. I make bombs and I... Back your ass up. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Wedge was like, she's like that with everybody. She does have an acting background. So I do feel like she just, she's a flirt. And I think she tries to see how far she can get a dude kind of sprung off. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm with you, I think, when it comes down to it she'd be like nah
1: <laughs> boy quit playing
0: boy, stop!
1: <laughs> so I've been, the last 40 hours you've been trying to get at me
0: I know I think I She's like, uh, Tifa, we'll kill sort of call her bluff like uh pff, all right let's let's you know it's like...
1: yes. yeah.
0: but uh, I still like her character and I like how there's a whole chapter dedicated to her backstory and her family how she had this promising career as an actress her mm-hmm. dad gets Mako poisoning, and then she's like, oh, my God, they are poisoning the Earth. I got to join this resistance, you know. Right. And she's got a lot, of people she had a lot like to that. lose and a lot to give up. And I think it made her her scene, her death scene on the uh, Sector 7 plate a lot more powerful.
1: Well, her quote, unquote death scene.
0: Yeah. We'll get to that, too. Okay. So yeah, Thirsty Jesse. She's she's a favorite. Uh, let's talk about all the characters, actually. Let's just go one by one. So uh, we haven't spoken much about Aerith yet. What, what What's your opinion of Aerith?
1: Aerith is... Well, in the game, it seems like she knows more than what she lets on. Hmm. And every time she's about to bring it up, she's like, well, that's not the right time. But uh, overall, just the happy-go-lucky, cute girl in the group. Yeah, honestly, she... I didn't really enjoy her character that much, hmm. especially compared to Barrett Because Barrett was just... <laughs> we'll talk about him, but he's just overly cartoonish. You know, it was just so hilarious.
0: But uh, <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while to get on board with Barrett. I wasn't really sure how to take him. I was like, I, I don't... Is he... What?
1: Yeah, Aerith was always just yanking Cloud's chain and just overall being... Well, what he would perceive to be a pain in his ass. Yeah. With his anime grunts. Ugh, can't believe her.
0: Ugh. Yeah, there's right. a one of those yeah. I you know, I I really liked Aerith. I thought they did a, a I thought she was delightful. I thought they did a really good job with her. I like that she's so playful. And you're right, she has stuff she's holding back, but I think it's more to protect Cloud cuz she the Turks are chasing after her cuz she's an ancient. She knows that Shinra's watching her every move. And I think she's used to being bothered by them a lot and understands that she has to hide who she really is or she might end up dissected on some lab assistants table kind of like the way her mother was with hojo right mm-hmm. like she's got this whole history and i enjoyed how she would kind of jab at, at like she immediately saw through cloud a lot of mm-hmm. our people were still trying to figure him out and they eventually figured him out But she was immediately like you're a big nerd you know yeah. and she's like here's a train station blah 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 he's like i can see that and she's just like i thought train stations weren't a part of your military world mm. <laughs> You know, or jabbing at him like, oh, those must be a new species of monster. Why do you say that? Because they targeted the weaker prey because they, they attacked her instead of cloud, you know. Damn. Or they, they, they targeted the stronger prey, I mean, because he said that they only tar- target weak prey. So they were kind of having this banter back and forth. And I like that she, you know, was in the community and everybody kind of knew her and she was friendly. And I don't know. She she seemed less just like kind of ditzy, naive, cute girl girlfriend b versus girlfriend a like her and tifa were both a lot more fleshed out and i like that they were actually friends in this one like i was hoping that they would get along and they do mm-hmm. there isn't any of that like you know well, we, who's Aerith, you new girlfriend me you know, like, <laughs> which, which is nonsense it's not how real people act and i like that they were able to kind of you know they obviously nobody's really claimed cloud yet so why are they acting like they are and do they need to right
1: it's like we both care for him we both know we care for him but we're gonna do what we need to do yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, we'll handle that later. Out
0: later. There's, uh, there's a more important shit to talk about. We're not five. So. Right. No, overall, I actually really enjoyed her character, and I liked how different she was in combat. I wouldn't say she was my favorite. Probably my favorite in combat to play as would either be Barrett or Cloud, but she was integral in a lot of the tougher fights I had to fight on hard because of a lot of her defensive moves and a lot of her offensive moves. I think if played correctly, Aerith is a, is a beast in combat. Mm-hmm. And she was just a, she was a joy to kind of hang out with in a lot of the chapters of the game when it was just her and Cloud. And I, I, I love that during the honeybee segment when Cloud was literally dancing for a dress, how excited mm-hmm. she got. She was like, ah, 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 ah.
1: <laughs>
0: she was clapping. I was like, whoa, she's about to just lose it right there in the stands. She, she took the piss out of him, but like in a way that a good friend of yours does, you know. Right. Like she seemed to be very genuine and kind hearted about it, but she also didn't let him bullshit her ever. Like staying here, and she's like, "No, nah, I'm going," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I like that about her. And uh, my favorite part was she trying to follow Cloud around. They would switch control from Cloud to her sometimes. When he came out with his dress on, <laughs> and she yeah, finally hilarious. got on the her. he's like, "Yeah, I nailed it. Let's move on." <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: yes, nailed it. Got it. Let's go.
0: Yeah, but I I gotta say, out of all of the characters. you can fall in love with it i definitely tifa was my favorite i think tifa is bae i think she is just really she's about uh, it she's about it man she's really sweet i like i like that she's kind of she enjoys being a bartender like the whole drink that she fixed you up i was like yeah she's having fun i liked that she was conflicted about cloud being a soldier and being like you want me to off these dudes she's like no whoa whoa (laughs) whoa whoa." who are you she was still unsure about being a part of a terrorist organization. And she was wrestling with her feelings, trying to work them out. Cloud was trying to encourage her as a friend and, you know, Barrett's trying to lead her. But she's still trying to find her own way and how, how effective she was emotionally by, like, the aftermath of their attacks, but also Shinder's retaliation. Mm-hmm. So how her and Arif just got on really well and, like, were fast friends. And it was just it was great. It was. I don't know. Wait, Tifa, thoughts?
1: pretty much the same boat as you man she's a really good character there's not anything about her that i could pick that i hate mm-hmm. or dislike
0: she climbs stairs like a motherfucker that's true right and
1: besides <laughs> the fact that she's a beast in combat i think she's my favorite to play as
0: yeah she yeah. is she's a lot of fun i never really got a good handle on how to use her the most effectively i think the characters i i favored were the ones i could, I could use most effectively but mm-hmm. towards the end, especially in a hard mode, I had to utilize her a lot more, especially her ability to, to melt stagger bars. So I agree mm-hmm. with you. Anybody picking her as a favorite, I can totally see it. Oh, yeah. So, what about Barrett, man? What are your thoughts on Barrett?
1: Uh, I if... come through with Barrett. <laughs> so at first, at first start, I was like, why is Barrett such a cartoon? Like his boy, he talked like this. Yeah.
0: I meant your age, and, not your goddamn rank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, he just confronted that dude on the train about, they were talking about uh, Avalanche, and he was like, well, Avalanche does this, that, together, and you don't <laughs> do nothing, and blah, 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 and maybe I should break your arm. <laughs> and Cloud's like, hold on, buddy. Jesus.
0: Whoa, dude. Yeah, but that whole thing was ridiculous. Like, the other, the Shinra middle management, like, that is the Shinra creed, and they were clapping, and yeah. I was like, this is Japanese and gross.
1: yeah. <laughs> And another aspect of it that just kind of makes it unbelievable is okay, Shinra, we're looking for these terrorists. There's this big-ass dude sitting on this train with a gun for a hand. Mm -hmm.
0: Literally, all you gotta do is go Avalanche sort of sucks, and he is in your face.
1: Right. Like, who who doesn't know this guy for a gun for a hand is doing things that...
0: (laughs) doing terrorist stuff. You know, at least we can say that the world of Midgar... Is a progressive place. Yeah, it's a little
1: less final. racist.
0: Yeah, yeah, not a ton of black people there, but more than there was in the original Final Fantasy 7 So that's oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's like he's literally armed, and they're like, oh he's, he's probably fine. He didn't. Do yeah,
1: he's he's armed and dangerous. Do you mean he has a gun on him? No, he has a gun for a head.
0: Yeah, no, he is he is never unarmed because he got the gun arm.
1: Yeah, I did like how uh, he got melee weapons though
0: yeah just like the original I, one that was kind of neat that they kept that i was surprised to be honest they yeah I didn't, his, I, didn't, I didn't use them very often i didn't use very often either but i like how it even changed his special ability and, and the mm-hmm. of how he attacked it was cool
1: yeah but barrett is a big old cartoon and i wouldn't have it any other way like you said he's real boisterous and he knows how to get his people riled up because molly! he right molly <laughs> <laughs> I can talk about Barrett all day.
0: I thought it was too much at first, but I did fall in love with him. My favorite part, my favorite scene with Barrett is towards the end when he's dangling the President of Shinra at the very roof of the building. 50 something, 60 something. I don't know how big that building is. Probably was. 100 plus stories. Yeah. And he's like, uh, dropping you off this building, that brings me damn near good. Right. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was a pretty good quote. No, nah, man, that was cool as hell. It, it was almost worth them changing that sequence from what I would argue is more impactful way they presented it in, in Final, the original Final Fantasy seven. So, mm-hmm. and we can get into that once we get to Sephiroth, and we're going to get to him in a second. I'll circle back, don't let me forget. But for what it was, I, I was into it. And I think over time, like Cloud, I started to kind of really get to understand where Barrett was coming from and really enjoyed the fact that he was so passionate. Because he was, man, you didn't yeah, have he's to, for the to push him into a soapbox. Bruh. Oh, my goodness. You really care about the planet, don't you? Yeah, I do. Listen up. I'm like, here we go.
1: You don't hear <laughs> the planet crying out for help? <laughs> like, like, honestly, this is who he sounds like. He sounds like <laughs> sounds like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder.
0: A little... Mm. A little, bit, a little bit, yeah, little that's bit.
1: what I thought of when he said, "So you, are, dude, don't know what dude he is.
0: <laughs> you don't know what dude I'm playing the dude as, another dude who knows what dude he is." Chicken George bullshit. Yeah, that, <laughs> but no, right. it, it, he stuck to it and he committed to it, and it ended up being kind of endearing. I think it's funny. I, I think whenever you have somebody from a marginalized group, and we're gonna get a little racial here, we're gonna get a little topical. Uh-oh. uh Oh, this is this is my white man theory. So feel free to check me. Oh, white white men. I think whenever you have a person from a marginalized group that acts close or adjacent to what you would consider stereotypical, so a flan like a person who is is gay and they act flamboyant like John Jonathan Van Ness, or a person like Barrett that you know is a little chicken more chicken George than usual, the. Mm-hmm. A lot of people seem to kind of be adverse to that at first. I've known a lot of my friends who are gay who did not like Jonathan Van Ness on Queer Eye because he was so flamboyant. But then later on realized he was being genuine and that was his personality and then they kind of t- learned to like him. Conversely, mm-hmm. I've known people that act real ghetto to the point where I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of sauce, man. But <laughs> when I realized that was their true, genuine personality, then then, you know, you kind of you're like, oh, OK. It just puts you off because you feel like they're being a caricature, right? And sometimes people are being a caricature, and you're right to be like, ugh, get get off that. But I feel like that might be part of the reason why I reacted adversely to Barrett at first. I was like, is he, is he, is this genuine? I mean, obviously he's a written character, so he's not a real person. Right. The way they kind of humanized and endeared me to him over the course of the story, I think. You know, it's just again, it's a, it's a testament to a good character that they built. But that was my initial kind of put off was just like, is he, is this too much? It feels like it might be too much.
1: Yeah, and uh, another thing with Barrett, which I had to go on YouTube and figure some stuff out. Marlene is his adopted daughter. Yeah. And even watching uh, Advent Children, I didn't realize or remember where that came from oh, in the a original big game.
0: in the original game, yeah.
1: Yeah, and here yeah. they don't really even. I don't even talk, Maybe I'll talk about it more in the next game. Oh,
0: they, game, they but. definitely will, because it comes up in the course of the main game pretty heavily. In fact, it's tied into his origin with his gun arm, too.
1: Um, yeah, and so like he, someone he used to run with, I don't know if he killed them or if they accidentally got killed and it was his fault, but he ended up adopting their daughter. Yeah, and I thought that not, was pretty I'm cool.
0: not going to get into it too much at this point, because who knows what's going to change. Again, we'll discuss why that might be uh, right. and how they're going to present it. But, yeah, essentially, she was the daughter of a close friend, and he took over being her father figure. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Marlene. Marlene.
0: That's my baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> now you're starting to sound like Fat Albert. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we Come gonna here, just, Marlene. We're going to be insurgents, not a big purpose. Sooner ain't going to Ch- know what hit him. Got a bit further to go. <laughs> who want a problem with? <laughs> Anyways, I'm starting to sing that song now. <laughs> who want a problem with? A-V-A-L-A-N-C-H-E. Yeah, that's who we be. Shout outs to Black Materia. If you don't know what Black Materia is, get on Spotify, search Mega Ran, or perhaps search Black Materia and listen to that album. It's so good. Anyways, moving on. So we got Barrett. So Cloud, let's get to the big man himself.
1: What did you think of Cloud? Uh, Cloud was exactly what I expected him to be. Watching Advent Children really helped understand that character more, because even after he had went through the events of the first game, he was still very...
0: I didn't like kinda, how he was characterized in Advent Children, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought he was a little too emo. Him, him and Vincent.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't wait for Vincent. But uh, yeah, Cloud, uh, I really liked how he changed over the course of the game, though. Yes. Like like you said, he starts out as this wannabe edge lord, and then eventually Very socially he's... awkward, doesn't even know how to yeah. high five. Yeah. Eventually, he's joking around with the group and seeking approval. And yeah, like you said, the high five was probably the funniest moment of the game. To me. Yeah. Because they give you a QTE quick yeah, time event to high five, <laughs> and
0: he's really like, <laughs> good, just do it.
1: <laughs> and then they don't. <laughs> then he messes it up. Anyway, yeah, Cloud—he's probably the only character that I can think of that had an actual arc.
0: Mm. Or besides maybe Barry, conversely, Barrett as well. Yeah, Yeah. no, I I get what you're saying. It's it's tough because I think if you played this game without playing the original, you're like, what is wrong with Cloud? Why does he keep having these daydreams and migraines? It's getting a little Mm -hmm. annoying. Will he stop just walking around like a damn zombie? I think that they really laid that on thick without adding much context, even though they threw Sephiroth in there way more than they should. Um, yeah. But I, I do like some of his freakouts, and I, I just wish they would have alluded to more that he has PS, PTSD for a reason. Um, right. But other than that, yeah, I think they nailed him. I actually really enjoyed him as a character. I like, I like his growth, too, and I liked him kind of opening up to the other characters over the course of the game. Yeah, just him, him walking around with that iconic big-ass sword. And we didn't mention right. it during the combat section or materia section, but the whole new dynamic where you can upgrade weapons, so you can basically just pick whatever weapon that you want. I mean, some weapons are obviously better at jo- some jobs than others, but you could theoretically upgrade the buster sword all the way, and it would be just as viable. It's more balanced than his other weapons, mm-hmm. so you can switch back and forth between like attack and magic. But that whole thing... And the cool thing is, I don't know if you got this far, but in hard mode, like in the in original mode, you get these character manuals, and that's what opens up yeah. different sections of like the weapon upgrades. When you beat the same bosses or same sequences in hard mode, you get the rest of your character manuals, and then you can see how much further the weapons can go.
1: Oh. And you
0: end up getting eventual abilities that will actually help you increase like your health for certain attacks, and the you know, stagger bar increase better, and resistance, and attack, and all sort of stuff. Oh, man. Like, yeah, it's looks pretty good. So I liked the fact that they put that weapon system in because even when you hit the, the, the low level cap of 50, you still have materia to upgrade and experiment with and you have those weapon levels that pretty much took me the entire time I was you know 100% in the game to get to. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the cool thing I like, and maybe we can get into this here in a second, with, with hard mode is that it forced you to play the game a different way and really get into the combat because in hard mode, each, the game is divided into chapters. Each chapter you have MP. It does not replenish by resting like it would in normal mode. And you cannot use items at all in battle or outside of battle. So you basically have the MP you have. So then you start using different materia, like prayer, which allows you to heal your party without using MP, right? right. And then you start like conserving MP or using more of the elemental materia to get you know effects of magic without having to cast it, stuff like that. That whole thing was great. Not much else to say about Cloud, unless you have anything. But I didn't want to get to Sephiroth. So
1: yeah, no. Let's get let's get into the meat, the meat and potatoes. The
0: meat and potatoes. The the main antagonists, sort of. Yeah. I do not like how soon they revealed Sephiroth. It's almost like they had to remind us, like, "Hey guys, Sephiroth in this game. We do have the rights, and we're going to use him a lot." Here he <laughs> is. This is Sephiroth. It's not really Sephiroth. It could be really Sephiroth. Maybe it's hallucination. Maybe it's a clone. We don't know. You won't either, because we're not going to explain it. And right. The only reason why I think it might be a clone is because I've seen the other stuff. Somebody going in here fresh is just like, who is this dude? Right. And the thing I liked about the original game is he was talked about as this great hero, this really strong swordsman. And the only thing you see when you go up through the Midgar section is when you get to Shenra, you get captured by the Turks. They seem a little bit tougher because two of them can capture the whole party.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And then, when you're inexplicably let out a, a lockout, everybody's gone, and there's this huge blood trail that leads all the way up to the president's desk, where a giant sword has cut through him and and impaled him to his desk, and that's that's the only evidence of Sephiroth you see up to that. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was cool. And then later on, he like slays a giant monster that you had a ton of trouble with, and you're like, "Whoa, this guy's crazy strong."
1: Yeah, he impaled like that basilisk on.
0: I think it would have been fine to have like a Nibelheim flashback, maybe, towards the end of the game to, to get you in there. I don't <clears throat> think that Sephiroth should have been the main antagonist of the first section of the game. I feel like, even with the whole Whisper Side plot, which we'll get to, I feel like it should have been Shinra, maybe Rufus, maybe the
1: Turks. Speaking of Rufus, that boss battle is probably my favorite one of the game.
0: Yeah, so when the president of Shinra gets killed and his son Rufus takes over, him and his dog Darkstar... And all of his belts. Thank you to <laughs> Nomura for that redesign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that battle between him and Cloud, where it's just him and Cloud, I, I agree. That was a lot of fun to figure out, and I had a lot of fun battling him. So, kudos on the boss design overall. All the bosses were oh, yeah. unique and interesting in some way. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite boss, by the way? Oh, it was Rufus. Really? Okay. Y-
1: yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed Rufus. Figuring out how to get him separated from Darkstar, uh, him using those two coins to inexplicably <laughs> shoot laser beams out of them. I use just ridiculous. And he, yeah. He, he just jumps out of the helicopter and you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? And for then me, he I, just I
0: feel like it's a cross between hell house on hard because I, there were so many new modes I had to attend with or uh, fighting Bahamut and Efree at the same time.
1: Oh, screw hell house. <laughs> hell house can, ugh.
0: that was so cool. And it showed up. So for fans of the original final fantasy, When you're going through, like, the abandoned highway, sometimes you would run across an enemy that's basically just a house. And it's kind of like a robot, but it looks like a house. And they didn't have that as a regular enemy in this game, but then they had it in the Corneos Coliseum, which is a stand-in, I guess, for the Gold Saucer Coliseum. And (laughs) the fact that that was, like, this big boss battle and it had multiple phases, it was hilarious. You know, on hard mode, he actually opens the door and three tonberries come out periodically throughout the first phase no No, like you have to uh you gotta basically use like cloud slice and dice to get through them real fast or else it's it's curtains (laughs) (laughs) you gotta kill them super fast i I will say this as far as sephiroth is concerned they really nailed the creepiness of that character like whenever he was looking at cloud i was like is he gonna eat him or fuck him or (laughs) he just looks so creepy (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, I was like, get him out of here. I feel slimy. I mean, I mean, not as slimy as when uh, friggin' I'm blamed. Corneo. No, not well. Corneo slimy too. I was gonna say Hojo. I oh yeah, Hebo Hojo. For some reason, uh-huh. but yeah, Hojo was gross. Hojo's
1: design, they nailed it because it, like, sh- it was like it was like if somebody
0: slid a hug gif into your DM, but that turned into a person. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross. I was like, yeah, okay, it's fine, I'm fine. The one
1: thing I would say about Sephiroth that I did not like was the voice actor. I don't know yeah. if the voice actor from Advent Children is not available or if he's passed away, but I would have much preferred him. because he. not so much. Yeah. Eventually it grew on me, but when I first heard his voice, I was like, uh, who? <laughs> who is this guy? It's not Sephiroth. It's not old Sephi."
0: So I, I don't think that we need to discuss every single side character in the game, but Hojo, since we brought him up, you mad evil scientist conducting experiments for Shinra trying to talk about breeding agents and stuff ugh. his face yeah. and his animations were just so like he just looked like he, he was in a thin layer of Vaseline he glistened his <laughs> lip was all curled and the way he was talking about like you know straight to Eras face how they cut up her mom and used every piece of tissue for their experiments and stuff like it, I was like ugh Mm-hmm. They, um, I mean, he was already creepy in the original game, but they made him such a bastard. He should have been like the main villain almost. Although yeah. I understand why he wasn't. Oh, yeah. And I kind of like, I didn't like a lot of the padding. Well, that's not true. I didn't like some of the padding in the game where they kind of elongated it to make it. Like, I didn't like the sunlamp section. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked the graveyard, the train graveyard section a lot more if it wasn't for the fact that I was constantly being reminded we had to get out of there because a the plate was going to fall. Right. But the whole Hojo section where you're finding the different creations he has, and they took some of the more creative enemy designs from the original game and, and turned them into bosses. Like that giant snake-like mech that moves around with the saw blades on it. Oh, yeah. That actually was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed going through all of, I mean, even though it did feel kind of like padding and like it was just a pace killer, I enjoyed that part.
1: Yeah, and that giant Cthulhu monster
0: that was neat. Yeah, that that Cthulhu monster was really neat. He had the little spawns that would come off of him and he kept evolving throughout the battle. That was nuts. I almost forgot about that. Thanks for bringing it up.
1: Yeah, the boss battles, A1.
0: A1. A
1: number 1. steak sauce. Oh, I'm let's thinking start. we should get into the plot.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, I'll let you kick it off. What are we looking at plot-wise?
1: Well, let's start with the most obvious addition it would be the Whispers, as they're called in the beginning of the game. Yeah, So Sorry.
0: so to summate, real quick before you get into the Whispers, mm-hmm. so Cloud agrees to work for Avalanche, which in the original game was a small, like, ragtag group of people trying to fight Shinra by blowing up their reactors. But in this game, they turn it into, like, an actual organization with different cells, Avalanche being one of, like, the tr- problem child or troublemaker cells, the ones that are mm-hmm. a little more extreme. And The job goes smoothly. You are a childhood friend of somebody in the cell, namely Tifa, uh, and then you agree to do another job. Uh, You get caught by Shinra. It doesn't go with well. You split off. You meet Aerith and her whole deal with being chased by the Turks because of the ancient experimentation. You get back together as a group. You uh, you bust into Shinra to save Aerith, who gets kidnapped by the Turks after they drop a plate on uh, Sector 5, was it? The Sector 5 plate? Or was No, sector yeah. seven.
1: Yeah, no, no, sector seven. Yeah. Yeah, they
0: destroyed the where, where where Avalanche was based, and in the original game, they killed a lot of people. And this yeah. one, it seemed like they got most everybody out. Then you go into Shinra and you save eric uh-uh. and then you guys escape on a highway, and then that's when you get out of Midgar and you go on to the rest of the game, like the open world. Right. So we got these whispers. Go ahead. Sorry, just want to make sure we caught up, caught up to that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> Throughout most of the game, you've got these Dementor, and that's what I'm going to refer to them as, Dementor-type dementor things, because that's what they are, let's be honest.
0: That's that's, that's great shorthand. Yeah. I agree with you. They look like Dementors, totally.
1: Yeah, so you've got these things that uh, they are just these shadowy, hooded figures. Just King that, of bullshit. Yeah, and they, they show up periodically throughout the game, and they're either helping the party along or blocking the party from doing something.
0: Let's see. When did it dawn on you what they were doing and why they were doing it? At the end of the game.
1: (laughs) When they explained it.
0: About the time that I met Aerith in the church and we were trying to escape from the Turks and they stopped her from falling. I was like, and they blocked us off from certain rooms. Mm -hmm. That's when I started to suspect that what they were doing, because then I thought back to Jessie not being able to go on the second mission because she hurt her leg. Um, right. She didn't go on, you know, in the original one, and how Cloud was not going to be allowed, but then uh, he had a stand-in for her. Mm-hmm. That's when I put two and two together and realized these whispers are meta. They're ma- they're making sure that things go in the same way that they
1: went in the original game. Yeah, and if we're going to get even more meta, we probably both think that Namura used the whispers as a stand-in for the fans. Yeah, But they're, like, they're like they're like okay, we're the fans, this is a remake, this game needs to go exactly the way the old one went, or we're going to be upset, mm-hmm. and the balance is going to be disturbed. Mm-hmm. But uh...
0: <laughs> That's what makes it so meta, is the fact that it kind of mirrors people's expectations.
1: Yeah, and the thing with this game is, if you did not play the original, you're not going to know what the hell is going on.
0: It's... You know, not that I really need it to be, but it's definitely not the most friendly to newcomers. I feel like to get the most out of it, you kind of need to play the original game.
1: Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. yeah. Even with a game like God of War, which is complete reimagining, even if you didn't play the original games, they do enough in that game to where you can see that he used to be this like angry individual. And he's now changed.
0: Yeah, apples to apples. There's enough context to allow God of War to stand on its own and still get the weight and the gravity of what's going on versus Final Fantasy. I completely agree.
1: Right. I don't agree with how they use the whispers in this game because, like I said, being a newbie going into this and playing it all the way through, by the end of it, you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? This is... I should have played the original. And that's a lot to ask of anyone to go back and play a game from 1997 in order to fully enjoy a game that came out in 2020.
0: Yeah. And again, that's not to say that it wouldn't be enjoyable if you did go into it blind. I think that people are still going to find a great game here, but I agree that the the, the end plot they're going for the plot is, is not only going to be a little bit nonsensical, not as nonsensical as kingdom hearts, but it's going to be a little bit nonsensical. <laughs> And I think that you're missing out if you don't play the original. Personally, that's what I think.
1: Because mm-hmm. when uh, I remember on gaming groups, people were like, oh, I'm just going to uh, wait until all three parts come out and then I'll have the whole story. Why would I just play this game? for those? And I was just urging people, like, play the game. If you play the original, play this game. You have to play it before you get spoiled. Play
0: totally. it, play it, play it. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Because, yeah, because this is I. I got spoiled.
0: Well, you did that sucks man
1: yeah i got spoiled it still ended up being amazing but i was very upset i was just
0: you know basically sidebar,
1: just trying to hurry up and get to it
0: yes sidebar on that i think the reason why people are so against spoilers is because it takes away one of the potential experiences you can have with a piece of media however mm-hmm. it's been my experience and kind of mirrors what you just said about your experience that even if you do know a spoiler, if a piece of media is good, you're still going to enjoy it. Because you'll know where you're going, but you'll see how you get there. And I right. think for a lot of media, it really is the journey. I think that's the reason why prequels work so well. Either standalone or for somebody who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not advocating spoilers or that we should just go, fuck it, spoil everything. Because, I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, you should be able to make that choice for yourself. But... If I do get something spoiled for me, like I got parts of The Last of Us 2 spoiled for me, it does not mm-hmm. bum me out near as much, because I feel like there's there's still so much there, especially with an interactive medium like video games that I can enjoy. So it sucks that it happened to you, but, you know, like your own experience informs you, it, if at all, hardly deadens the experience.
1: Yeah. I Definitely mean, even agreeable. you said,
0: you were like, I'm still not quite sure what the Whispers are doing until you got to the end, right?
1: Right yeah
0: or what was that not the specific what was specifically spoiled for you
1: uh specifically it was sephiroth being the final boss okay and okay. all the stuff that happens with Zack. Right? yeah yeah and all the stuff right. that happens with zach
0: right right so that got spoiled it was too.
1: literally with the facebook it was literally just a facebook comment it was <sighs> like sephiroth, the final boss and it's so like, yeah. actually like, yeah <laughs> it's like really do you get off on that guy yeah some people do maybe. like seriously i'm talking to spoilers right now do you get off on spoiling things other people who you will never know their reaction to what you spoiled
0: yeah some people do man. answer
1: answer in the comments if there are any comments anywhere
0: yeah. <laughs> wait man we'll, we'll get in the plugs but as always you got questions comments concerns feedback mc paper stacks at gmail.com we will occasionally
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm gonna I'm let you take over the the story portion because okay. there's a lot
0: there there is a lot so with this story it deviates here and there, but not majorly, because if it starts to deviate majorly and there are plot points where it does and that's where the whispers really get kind of hangry, they're just like, hey, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> you know, no, they like a tornado with the fort with a gale force wind of weather, they will stop you. It's interesting. Like, there, there are moments when you think that they're actually are going to save. They're going to stop the Turks and save the sector seven slums from the plate dropping and the whispers are like, "Nah." Or no, where, he, where somebody actually gets killed. I mean, like, towards the end of the game, since Sephiroth is there and he kills the president in front of your eyes versus doing it off camera, he then runs up and stabs Barrett right through the chest. Like, Barrett shot the hell out of me. I was just like, oh shit. Like, Barrett, and Barrett never got stabbed or met Sephiroth up to that point in the original. But Whisper, whispers come through, do a little kissy kiss, and then he's okay again. Yeah, And again, I, I had already kind of figured out what was going on, and I'm like, Whispers are probably going to save him, and they did. But the thing is, you go through the game, you do these little extra things, like the Jesse backstory and that whole fun chapter, which I loved. Um, you know, the extra people in Wall Market, like the trio that actually goes and gets girls for the Don, and some of the Don's employees are extra. You know, mm-hmm. all of it still kind of fits the spirit of the original and follows the plot pretty closely. When you get to the end, and you kind of understand... A little bit about what's going on with the whispers. They go out of control because Sephiroth is now going to fight against them too. And I don't know if it's the real Sephiroth or if it's a clone. It's hard to say. In the original game, you find out that he has a lot of people that are like clones, and the real Sephiroth is in the core of the planet, whatever, whatever. He invites Cloud to fight Destiny with him and goes off in like this black hole. And when you go into this other like universe at the end of the highway of the first game, you see this giant heartless looking ass whisper like Mm -hmm. made of rock and it's basically the arbiter of destiny and there are smaller arbiters one has like a gun arm one has a sword and one fights with their fists that i almost think are supposed to mirror cloud barrett and tifa and you fight them individually they combine to make a arbiter bahamut you fight that you eventually defeat the arbiter and basically you defeat the whispers you defeat fate and all the while, it's sending you these visions of the future that are at stake if you win, like as in, like they may not come to pass. Mm-hmm. And it kind of drives you forward. And again, they're so bare bones. Like the, the glimpses of future you get would only make sense to people that have played the original. It's one of those moments where if right. you see Red the, the 13th running through a lot of grass towards like a, a hill, it would stop before it actually gets to Midgar and you see what happened to it. So right. only people who've seen that before understand the shorthand for what it means weird. And I think that's because that part was truly for the fans. It was for the people that had those expectations. Mm -hmm. And so, you literally take part in giving Tetsuro Nomura free reign to change the story how he sees fit. Not only moving from that point, but apparently retroactively because shortly after defeating Sephiroth as well, you get a cutscene where it shows the battle where Zack died in the prequel, Crisis Core. And he actually survives and limps back to Midgar with Cloud. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, well, a lot of Cloud's personality is based off the fact that Zack died. Are there two Buster Swords? Did Zack live all the way through it? Uh, Where's Cloud's personality coming from now? I mean, for those who don't know, Cloud kind of assumes Zack's identity through trauma, which is why he has all those headaches and things are fuzzy about when he became a soldier and how. Because technically... It was Zack with the experience and Zack that used the buster sword. Mm-hmm. So that all gets kind of confusing. I think a lot of people are upset because then they show scenes where Biggs made it. There, You see Jesse's headband and her gloves in Arif's house. So you think she may have made it. Wedge didn't die on camera. You're wondering, okay, did he make it? Because he made it longer than he should have. Right. In the game. Because they had that, that extra section with the underground lab underneath sector seven.
1: Which yeah, I think there, they just original. I think they just threw wedge out the window the whispers
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it he was <laughs> like no
1: it's okay it's a guy's annoyance throw him out the window yeah shoot him in the butt first then throw him out the window
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that that part where cloud goes sorry about your ass <laughs> right but yeah now you're wondering okay is Aerith still gonna die how how closely they're gonna follow the story now that fate is not going to intervene is this going to be a completely new telling? Are there gonna be any more brushes with what has essentially been a creation of a metaverse where other alternate timelines in Final Fantasy Seven follow the original story and others don't?
1: Yeah, there's Correct. definitely yeah, there's definitely alternate timelines now. Because in that scene with Zack, you see a it's a chip bag with a picture of Stamps the mascot dog.
0: But it's but it's not the dog.
1: Is it, it? Yeah, it's a different breed. Different breed, that's right. And so that lets you know that this is an alternate timeline. So I saw a lot of people were like, well, how does Cloud personality like this if it's like survives and bull and blah, blah, blah. But they missed that.
0: So you think so, it's uh, people surviving in different timelines and maybe the divides between those timelines being, if not completely severed, at least weakened.
1: Right. And I don't know if that's going to lead to Final Fantasy remake 2 which i'm sure it's not going to be called that but if that's going to play a role in that game or if they're just breaking off into another subseries of final fantasy 7
0: final fantasy 7 all your whispers are belong to us
1: right <laughs> i think you can't I'm have your a... whispers and eat them too exactly I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm of two minds the one one side of me is like this is a really cool concept and i like the fact that there are more surprises in store for me Because if they nail that nostalgia and follow the story largely, but have little deviations here and there, and maybe big plot points, maybe characters who weren't supposed to die, die, and and those who will, will not, who knows. But the other part of me is like, now Tetsuya Nomura gets to fill in much larger gaps than he should be able to fill in, and I'm Mm -hmm. not 100% confident in his artistic license to tell a story, vis-a-vis Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I'm a little concerned. I am, to be well, honest.
1: That's why I think they're going to, especially with the Zack stuff, splinter off into subsets of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So I, I really see that leading into a Final Fantasy VII or Crisis Core 2. Hmm. Because if you try to do a game, a sequel to this remake with an alternate timeline, also as a <laughs> as a plot point, it's going to get very messy very quick, a la Kingdom Hearts, as we keep saying. If you don't know Kingdom Hearts is a very convoluted series. It has about.
0: If you don't know Kingdom Hearts by now, you will never, 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 never know it.
1: No. Like, how many Kingdom Hearts games are there? There They're like thirteen or something.
0: Fuck you! That's how many there are.
1: Yeah, there's a ridiculous amount. (laughs) There's a ridiculous. Well, you've also got mobile games too.
0: Yeah. No, you got. I mean, there's stuff like on your phone. On the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, go to hell with that. There's there's a DS game, PSP. Game Boy Advance, although they did port that to PS two eventually. It's whew. Yeah,
1: so my my take on Nomura is I, I one, I love when he created my favorite game, which is Team yeah. Hearts Two.
0: No, no, it's not. So he on, did right? that. Yeah.
1: But like you, I'm not completely confident in his ability to not fuck this up. Yeah,
0: to just throw belts on everything and go, My heart, yeah, he, my friends, they're in my heart. Our team,
1: Yeah, they he, know me. he has to have some sort of board over him or something that that does not allow him to do whatever the hell he wants. Cause... Yeah,
0: like, I need Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi to come out of the shadows and just put a guiding hand on this project right now. Like, they brought yeah, it back in Nobu for the music, which was a smart move, by the way.
1: Yeah, the, the rest of this uh, series could be amazing. Mm-hmm. but It could also be crap. Yeah. But, at least we've got the gameplay down, at least we've got the characters down. The plot... Can be a mess. With Kingdom Hearts, the characters and the gameplay, if you ask me, kind of took a hit in the third game. Yeah, and the plot so. was also bad. So, yep,
0: yep, no, it... <laughs> yeah. But
1: if we if we get two out of those three things right, mm-hmm. then I can see this series being good. But Tetsuya Nomura has proved that he just comes up with ideas out of thin air and tries to make them work. He shoves them in there and just.
0: Uh, what gives me hope at least is that he nailed this one so well he did even with his changes even with the fact that he's being like hey guys guess what I'm gonna do the fact that the core gameplay is solid and just from like a plot writing standpoint they really knew these characters they really knew how to portray them and they knew how to make a tight fun cohesive experience out of that first chunk of the game
1: yeah and he also knows how important this game is too yeah no
0: people will riot in the streets it, there will be blood yeah so what we'll, we'll see i i'm i'm cautiously optimistic um but i'm still day one in the month the shit out of the next game because of how great this one was
1: mm-hmm.
0: we'll see how it goes um, So
1: re- real quick what are you looking forward to in the next game
0: i am looking forward to the refinements to combat we already discussed oh. Maybe with a preset for materia, so that way I don't have to slot my materia, spend hours playing with my balls, basically. Right. (laughs) I want to be able to, like, have a set of materia that I can just kind of go do that set. Yeah. I want to be able to get that same feeling. Like, I want to be able to walk the world. I'm not sure how they're going to do, you know, other locations and how they're going to connect. But however however the way that they do it, if they keep that character progression and that story and they keep reminding you of all the stuff that made you fall in love with the original game and they deviate or elaborate here or there, I'm okay. And honestly, I'd like for them to go and finish the game in the next one, although I know that's a tall order, but at the very oh, least yeah. get far enough to where the game after the next game is the final, like we're looking at a trio here.
1: Right. I so, don't know, man. <laughs> what about
0: you? What, do you? what are you expecting? What do you what, you want more of Roche. That's what you're wanting.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention him. He was yeah. he was pretty good. He's a like,
0: motorcycle how, guy.
1: Yeah, how is he doing these things? He's literally defined the laws of physics with this motorcycle.
0: That's right. Like, doing and, things that
1: not even Cloud is doing. But, uh, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: voiced by our favorite voice actor that we talked about last week.
1: Mr. Baker,
0: was it? Yeah, Troy Baker. All right. Yeah,
1: yeah he gets all the work, Jesus. Yeah, no, um, seriously, he
0: voices everything. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he's had several conversations with himself.
1: Right. <laughs> So. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to Vincent. He's one of my favorite characters, even though he is a emo edge Yeah, no, I um,
0: like the the way they kind of made it foe kind of scary with, with Nibelheim and everything, and how you find him. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that they really up the creep factor on the discovery of that character. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, and his combat, to where he can transform into different uh, beasts, creatures. Yeah, yeah. different beasts. Is just, I can't wait to see what that looks like.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, and, um, and Yuffie, how agile she might be. I, I'm excited to see how all the characters play, because there, there's some definitely some nuance and difference. And the way that they handled Cloud and Tifa and Barra and Aerith really have me, I have high hopes about it. I really do. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know they talked about Wutai here and there. Yeah. But uh, I am interested to see where they go with that. Is there going to be a section That's of the game where there's a just a, a yeah. straight-up war oh, yeah. between... Wu-Tai and Shinra?
0: Well, think about it. W- Wu-Tai was not really mentioned much at all, especially in the beginning of the game, and it's obviously kind of the, the uh, culture and the country that uh, Yuffie is from. Mm-hmm. But now they're making this whole kind of big propaganda where w- Wu-Tai is like funding Avalanche or supporting them, and Avalanche is, is terrorizing Shinra and Mingar on the behalf of Wu-Tai so that way Shinra can justify a war with Wu-Tai, For one of two reasons, they may have already explained it in the game, maybe this is something I overlooked, but I think it's either to get access to land they think the Wutai has access to that might lead them to the promised land, or just because they want to manufacture weapons and they want to make money and, you know, the way the real world does it when they start shit with other countries. It's about right. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe it's both. Who knows? But Yeah, I, I think that is going to play a much bigger role this time around. I think Wutai and the friction between Shinra and Wutai definitely, I think, it's
1: going to come into play. Yeah, I don't know if Sid's dream of getting into space is going to be part of the next game. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we'll spend most of our time breeding Chocobos. Who knows? <laughs> right. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Let's I can't see. even uh, imagine what a weapon fight would be like in the remake. Oh, man. It'd be like, be like the Adamant
1: toys in 15.
0: Ooh, oh, You just... <laughs> yeah. Wow. PTSD. I, I spent... I mean I think I spent longer on the secret boss that had 7 million HP in Final Fantasy 12 y- y- Yggdrasil not that's the tree it was something like that though a, a mm-hmm. name maybe it was Zodiac I can't remember no that was a uh, that was a summon but the admin toys that turtle I that I fought for like 3 days in Final Fantasy 15
1: mm-hmm. wow that so what do you, what do you think that uh Sephiroth meant at the end of the game when they defeat Sephiroth? 7 minutes yeah, seven seconds till the end.
0: Seven seconds till the end,
1: that's what it was. What is, what is that? And uh, first of all, I, I love how Cloud was doing some little flash step anime action. That's a bleach term if, you, if you've if you never seen it. Flash step is a move where they just, well, they move in a flash. But uh, yeah, what do you think he meant by that?
0: I'm not 100% sure, but I think it probably has something to do with a decision that Cloud has yet to make. That will either align with Sephiroth's goal or maybe the goal that's in the for the greater good of the planet. I don't know. Uh, maybe it has something to do with saving Aerith and be like maybe the the game will actually branch off Metal Gear style where you save Aerith but you doom the planet like in the original Mm -hmm. game or you save the planet but you doom Aerith Mm. and you have seven seconds to decide. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I know I watched a few YouTube videos after I beat it, uh-huh. but there were some theories going around that, uh, it, well, it's not even a theory, it's it's true. In the original game, in the cutscene, when Sephiroth is coming from the ceiling to stab Aerith, yeah. it literally is a seven-second scene.
0: It's a seven-second so scene. So I thought that was
1: very interesting. Yeah. Huh. So maybe, I don't know, man. I'm 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 excited and I'm scared. <laughs> I am excited and I am scared. Aren't we all? Yeah, uh, um, because on one hand, like I said earlier, Final Fantasy VII, story-wise, was not really a huge thing for me. It's just kind of a vehicle for which to play the game. The plot was just pretty basic and bare-bones to me, honestly.
0: It's window dressing to get you from one battle to the next. I feel you.
1: Yeah, you gotta save the planet. Stop the bad guy. That's pretty much it. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm scared, man. I eagerly await this next game in five years <laughs> five to eight years on ps6 <laughs> yeah
0: well we'll see maybe it did so well they'd be like okay make it a priority
1: right not final fantasy
0: 16 just do final fantasy 7 from now on exactly all right man well there's not much else i had to say i will say one thing though i lo- we talked about nobu Matsu earlier coming in to help with the music i loved all the music in this game i loved how it dynamically shifted from an upbeat battle version to a background version, while you're in areas, since you don't have like battle loading.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's one song in this entire soundtrack I did not like. Can you guess which one it was?
1: Is it the Broken Down Highway song?
0: No, I actually was no? really into that. Okay, I, like I that. love that
1: song. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah,
0: that was great. No, Wall Market, the new song they did for Wall Market. Oh, really? I feel like they should have done the original Wall Market song. I think it, it fit like the grimy kind of grossness of that world. I don't like the vibe in Wall Market being this happy-go-lucky place and the trio being quirky, fun characters who happen to collect girls that are right. given to Craneo so he can presumably abuse them and then either kill them or they disappear.
1: Yeah, they're like, glorified sex traffickers.
0: Yeah, it's kind of gross. So that's the only thing I would have changed is that whole situation, I thought they made way too light of it, especially when they went so dark with, like, how the guy that worked, Leslie, I think his name was, that worked for Corneo, his fiance was one of the girls, and he never saw her again. So presumably, Corneo had his way with her, and yeah. then disposed of her. That's that, the
1: grossest example of padding
0: in that game. Yeah, like, I liked the actual quests, and I liked, you know, the arena, and I liked, um, the, the dance the Honeybee in Inn was fabulous, I was mm-hmm. all about it, but... The undercurrent behind it, and the whole idea of of what the trio was doing for Don, like oh no, he controls the area, we have to do you though. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just didn't sit well with me. So
1: come here and give Daddy some sugar.
0: Although they did a really good job of Corneo, like that that, yeah, that belly flop, that belly wiggle. Yeah, they had belly jiggle, no booby jiggle, but belly jiggle. We come mm-hmm. a long way, baby. We oh, come yeah. a long way, comma. This is not dead or alive. <laughs> no, no, it's belly or alive. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. But no, overall, despite some decisions I, I may have done a little differently personally here and there, it was great. It was a great experience. And I love the game. And I would encourage anybody listening if you haven't played it, why are you listening? But go play it. And if you have played it, go play it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I want to do more spoiler casts like this in the future. I've uh, talked to some friends who might be interested in kind of coming and guesting with us on different games. I know you and I are going to be playing Ghost of Tsushima pretty soon. That might be our next spoiler cast. Still yep. got to get through The
1: Last of Us 2. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, The Last of Us 2 might be a good spoiler cast to do. That's something I might hand to you to edit since I uh, I probably won't be beating that game anytime soon. I have to have somebody else do that one with you.
1: All right. So,
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and sign off here. Just to let everybody know, remember that if you want you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, few ways you can follow us uh, you can follow me on twitter at mike peterson al you can go to my youtube channel mc Paperstacks plays i've been doing a little bit of editing lately kind of doing the highlight feature on twitch to cut some of the videos down i'm putting that into a playlist so if you don't want to see an hour-long video of me sort of making a joke every once in a while you can see a more condensed version of it i am twitch streaming at twitch.tv slash mc paperstacks. i got a full seven day schedule now Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, I will be playing my main game. Right now, that's Ghost of Tsushima. So My very first stream of Ghost of Tsushima will be tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 8 to 11 Eastern. Mondays are still beat-em-ups from 9 to 10. Wednesdays are still blind plays from 9 to 10. Fridays are still horror games from 10 to 11. And Sundays, I'm still playing the, The Witcher 3 at 7. So... If you want to check out future podcasts or support us on the podcast and donate to the cause, you can go to our hub, which is at anchor.fm slash player2 has entered the pod. From there, you can listen to us on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And again, got any feedback, any questions, anything you want us to say on the podcast, you can reach out to me via email at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And also, if you're on Facebook, feel free to check out a local Facebook group that I run. It's Facebook.com slash groups slash Indie Gamers. Derek?
1: Yeah, all I've got for you is uh, my eBay store. I sell video games and toys, as well as other electronics. Uh, It's eBay.com slash STR slash GamerGoodiesAndMore. And And also, you can check out my eBay stuff at my website, GamerGoodiesAndMore.com.
0: All right, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, You're getting a bonus because when you're hearing this, today is Sunday. You're getting a spoiler cast and a regular episode. Oh, yeah. And we will catch you all next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
1: All right, see ya.